and I know this from my many years at Jefferson National and trying to get the Orions and Black Diamonds of the world to build insurance functionality, is they didn't have demand, right? I mean, their advisors aren't really using the products. A data feed would be enough. But as you know, as there's more and more demand for the products, the technology is necessary, but it's a little ahead of where the market's going to be. So our notion was let's build the technology and embed it into platforms so we don't have to wait for the demand from the advisors. Let's build it ourselves and get it integrated into these platforms because that's what everybody works from. And if you're going to truly make your services usable and accessible, they've got to be integrated. David Lau has spent his career disrupting product distribution in the financial services industry. He set his sights on insurance five years ago when he founded DPL Financial Partners to build a technology platform that fee-based advisors can use to sell high-quality insurance products. I spoke to David about advisors who can leverage his platform to increase client wallet share, what his plans are for the $26 million in capital that DPL just raised, why he partnered with SSNC Advent to power their insurance exchange, and a whole lot more on this episode of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. Welcome to the Wealth Tech Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Eskowitz, the founder and CEO of Ezra Group Consulting. We help wealth managers, asset managers, and wealth tech vendors make better business and technology decisions. This podcast features interviews, news, and analysis on the trends and best practices all around wealth management technology. Be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any future episodes. This episode is with David Lau, who is the CEO of DPL Financial Partners. And just a quick little bit of background, uh, which we didn't get to talk about on the episode, but why I, I wanted to talk to David. Uh, my firm does a lot of work with broker-dealers, uh, as we said earlier, banks, wealth managers, and a lot of fintech vendors. And the, the DPL Financial Partners has been coming up a lot more in conversation, especially with the insurance broker-dealers we work with, uh, the larger firms, uh, that are, are getting involved in insurance. A lot of the fintech firms that are looking to bring insurance products or or launch insurance exchanges, and DPL kept coming up. So, uh, and I hadn't met David before we interviewed, uh, before we had this interview. So I thought it'd be a great opportunity to talk to him, find out a little bit more about his company and, and where they're going, and then share it all with you. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I would like to introduce my guest for this episode of the Wealth Tech Today podcast is David Lau, founder and CEO of DPL Financial Partners. Hey, David. Good morning. How are you, Craig? David, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. How are things in Louisville, Kentucky? Terrific. Terrific. There, I mean, in, in this world where you know there's so much turmoil, uh, it's been you know, really good for us, uh, you know, business-wise and things in general are good. I mean, Louisville, as you probably know, was in the news a lot more than Louisville likes to be in the news uh, over the past year, but things seem to have settled down in, in all kinds of ways here. So all's good. It is all good. Uh, I live in New Jersey. New Jersey gets into the news plenty. So I'm always happy when it's not in the news. 
Uh, but uh, let's get this show on the road. Can you give us uh, your 30-second elevator pitch for DPL? Yeah, so I founded DPL a little over five years ago on the notion, I, I had been the chief operating officer at Jefferson National uh, for a decade. I built that company from the ground up and I've spent my career kind of disrupting distribution and financial services. I was the chief marketing officer of the first internet bank in the country, you know, called Telebank. You know, we built that and sold it to E-Trade. And so I've always built companies based on the notion of let's change distribution because in financial services, distribution is often the biggest expense in the product. So you want to provide a better product for the end client. Uh, the best way to do that is to lower distribution costs. Uh, in banking, it's pretty simple. You get rid of a branch and you get rid of a, a really expensive mechanism and part of the distribution and insurance, mm -hmm. it's the commission. So you know, on one hand, you, you know, there's this motivation to provide better product, better value to, to end clients, which really drives me. Uh, on the other hand, you, know, you also look at the world in financial services and you see that insurance is really antiquated um, in terms of still being commission-driven distribution. The whole rest of financial services has moved on from that model. You know, whether it's, you know, wirehouse reps, broker dealer reps, everybody has moved to fee based, except for insurance, you know, long ago, mutual funds, you know, no load had become the standard, you know, in the mutual fund world, the same needs to happen in insurance and it, and it will, because insurance has got to keep up with the advisor's business model. Indeed, it does. And, and we've seen that a lot with our clients, our insurance clients seem to be on a, a very strong um, path, moving their uh, agents and advisors more onto the wealth space. Do you see this as a trend across your clients as well? Yeah, I think it's a it's a big trend, and it's part of you know it's part of the reason you know for building DPL again you know being focused on the end client value and delivering better outcomes for clients. You know, apart from the pricing problems that commissions cause, you know they also cause conflicts of interest. Um, you know, whether it's for a commission salesperson who's motivated to sell the mo you know the, the most amount of a policy that they possibly can, or for a fiduciary who traditionally hasn't been able to get paid, you know, on products that might be really beneficial, you know, for their clients. So when you eliminate the commission, you can take that commission salesperson out of the equation and you let products be implemented by fiduciaries. So that's to me, again, an important component of delivering great value to the end consumer. You get lower priced commission-free products implemented by a fiduciary. And that's a, you know, obviously a far better formula than expensive, complex products implemented by a salesperson. I would agree with that. I know I, I read a, <laughs> uh, a study where it said that even with insurance, even with the, um, the presentations or the descriptions, you know, the diagrams of how the insurance works, uh, experienced insurance agents still don't understand their own products. Oh, and products are incredibly complex and they don't need to be. And, and that's part of, you know, part of what, you know, we do is we work with carriers to bring products to market. You, you want to keep them, you know, relatively simple so that, you know, people understand them and know how to use them, uh, not, 
understand how to sell them, which is, you know, where the commission market has evolved to, you know, over the number, over the decades. It's how do you differentiate in the commission world? Well, you've got to have a good sales story, right, from the product manufacturer point of view. So you, you come up with, you know, a rider or a feature of the product that sounds compelling on a sales story. Um, and, and that's the way the industry has, had evolved when, and, and it's really unfortunate because I mean, the industry winds up doing itself no favors when these are really good products. You know, an annuity is a great product at its heart. So let's get back to what the heart of the product is. You know, cut out the expense and the commission and the complexity. And at the heart of it, you've got a risk pooling product that provides tax deferred accumulation, whether on a variable or a fixed basis, and then lifetime income. I mean, that's a, that's a really useful product, you know, for a, you know, for a financial advisor and a client, obviously. Both. Yeah. It should be, it should be mainly beneficial for the client and, and it's yes. annuities always have, have had a bad rap over the years. And, but we're seeing more yes. and more, more carriers offer different annuities and also more tech platforms build in the ability for advisors to uh, do planning with annuities how is how is DPL uh, helping out in that area? Well, in, in many different ways. So let me address the first part of that you know, question first. You know, when you say annuities have developed you know, a bad rap, well, number one, we do more than annuities. We'll get to that. But in in the annuities have developed a bad rap, and when you understand, you know, what's at the heart of those things, all the issues that you'll bring up about annuities, those are all driven by commission. Right. So it's bad sales practices. You read about, you know, overly aggressive sales practices or products being sold inappropriately, you know, to an 85 year old, you know, uh, widow or whatever it might be expense, you know, driven by, you know, that's driven by commission, you know, those bad sales behaviors driven by commission, surrender period, long surrender periods, meaning lockups. Why, why is that? Because of the commission and the, you know, carriers got to recoup the commission they paid out to the, you know, to the uh, commissioned rep. So all of those things that people don't like about annuities, they're all driven by the commission. So that's a great start for us, right? Let's get rid of the commission. So that's going to help things tremendously. Uh, and then additionally, in insurance, outside of a select few products, maybe like term life, it's hard to compare. Or, you know, where, where do you price shop an annuity? You know, other than like a single premium immediate annuity, which is super easy, right? Let's see what the rate is. But how do you compare and price shop one annuity to another to try to find the best product? Nobody talks about that, right? So we've developed technology that enables you to do that, right? So as you know, an advisor or as a client, you, know, you can look at our, our tools and our calculators and say, okay, I want a guaranteed income stream. You know, I, I need $5,000 a month or whatever the number is. We can help you find the product that will do that for the least amount of money, right? And depending on your, you know, preferences and your risk tolerances and things like that, we'll help you find the best product across all kinds of carriers and all kinds of product types, which is, again, something that's really needed you know in the insurance space you know there's a million ways to compare mutual funds and tools to do that and things like that you know again why couldn't you do that with insurance and and that is you know part of what we're doing you know on the technology side is bringing that you know capability 
uh, you know, to the market that enables people to find really good products. That's really interesting. That's what's one of the things why, what I really like about your company and what you're doing. And, and we, we'd start talking earlier before we were recording about how your, your company comes up in a lot of our work with insurance carriers and, and doing research on the market uh, for insurance. So uh, I think that that whole move, and, and I think you pioneered that at Jefferson National, the move to away from commissions and to be able yes. to fit the, the fit insurance products into a fee-based environment. And we, we've seen this for a while that uh, RIAs need to be more holistic and offer more than just uh, investment products because you're, you're, you're missing out on, on, on more than half of what uh, clients need in their financial lives. Can you talk about how DPL is making RIAs more holistic in, in the sense that they can now uh, provide insurance? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I've focused on the RA market uh, for you know, 17 years now, you know, going back to my time at, at Jefferson National. And, and the reason I have is because, you know, I personally align with the fiduciary ethic. You know, I, I want to deliver, you know, good product, good value to end clients. You know, I, I care about people getting a good deal, you know, that's, and not being ripped off. That's crazy. Uh, and, How can you, know, you do that? That's not for insurance. I know, I know, but the, but the R, so the RA market very much aligned with you know me personally, and and you know the fiduciary ethic of of, of the market. I think you know was was great, but over time, you know the RIA industry has evolved. I mean, seventeen years ago when I got into it, RAs were primarily asset managers, you know, portfolio managers. They managed assets. The market has evolved tremendously since then, so that RAs are now financial planners and wealth managers and providing more holistic services because, you know, for a lot of reasons, I mean, it's a natural extension, right. Of, of, in growth of a business and an industry to go from just one segment of your client's financial life to expanding. And so insurance is also a natural, you know, expansion of what's going on now when you're, when you're creating a financial plan, you know, as an RIA for your client, that includes insurance, right? It includes, and you know, we've talked about annuities, but it includes annuities, life insurance, long-term care, disability. You know, those are all addressed through a financial plan. And now if you're an RIA and you're writing basically a prescription for your client for these insurance needs and you can't fulfill them on your own, that's terrible business. I mean, you've got to send them to a competitor, let them go find, you know, insurance on their own. It's not a great experience for the client, particularly when they can get what you're offering from other people who can provide that. You know, we were also talking, you know, before we started recording about how insurance providers are, are now wealth managers. You know, your average New York life agent is isn't just selling life insurance anymore. They're selling mm -hmm. holistic planning and, and wealth management. So as an RIA, you really need to incorporate insurance, one, to be protective and defensive of your clients, uh, you know, and keeping competitors away, but also just that natural growth and extension of your business. It's a very, you know, again, logical and natural thing to be, you know, thing to be doing. And it's, you know, frankly, kind of precarious not to be at, at this point. And again, you know, for me, I love to see it because, you know, I want, these are important products. I mean, you can't, through investing alone, you cannot deliver for your client, you know, this, you know, guaranteed lifetime income. You can't 
protect their income during their accumulation years like you do with life insurance. I mean, you can't do these things. You need the tools. Your clients need the solutions. Uh, so, you know, let's bring them about to the market in a low cost fiduciary way. And I think that's, that's good for everybody except for the traditional commission salesperson. Exactly. You, you made a, a great point when you said RIAs should be protective of their clients. I think yes. it's something that a lot of RIAs don't necessarily think about. They think once they have a client, okay, now I can move on and get more clients. They don't really think about how do I protect the clients I have because they're the ones who are going to help them grow. You have to have a base. You have to maintain. You don't want to have a lot of churn of existing clients who, who are leaving because you don't provide all the things that they need. That's right. And, and also, so we, we hear that in a couple of different ways of protecting clients. Number one is, you know, from a fiduciary standpoint, you know, many of the advisors, and we work with over 1,100 RIA firms, you know, already uh, in the two and a half years we've been out in the market. Um, many of them from a fiduciary standpoint say, as a fiduciary, I'm, I'm defining these insurance needs. I should make sure they get my clients get these products, right? So if I just tell them they need them and then let them go do it on their own, that's, I'm not really looking after their best interest. You know, if I say you need life insurance, I should make sure you get it. You know, mm -hmm. if I say you need disability because it's a smart thing to do because you're a doctor, you know, I should make sure you get the insurance. So, I mean, that's, that's, you know, one point of view. Uh, and the other is, you know, again, business 101, when you think about growing your business, you know, what are, what are the first things you want to do? You want to protect that client base. You don't want to lose clients, but you also want to get more wallet share from your existing clients. It's far easier to, you know, to grow your business by getting more business from your existing clients than to go find new ones. So insurance, you know, represents about 20% of a client's investable assets. You know, you're leaving 20%. If you're an RIA and not addressing insurance, besides all those other reasons, uh, you know, you're leaving 20% of, of wallet share, you know, off the table and inviting another advisor, you know, into your client's life. I had never heard that statistic. That's a, that's a really powerful number. Insurance is 20% of many clients' investable assets. Is that an average number across mass affluent clients? that's an, an average number between permanent life insurance, you know, cash-based policies, permanent life and annuities, you know, represent on average. I mean, the permanent life insurance market is an $18 trillion market. The annuity market is about a $4 trillion market. The RIA market is about a $3 trillion market. So when you think about your client's assets, um, if you don't think, or you're unaware that they own annuities, uh, it's, pretty likely that they do. I mean, the annuity market is bigger than the RIA market. So, you know, we often hear from RIAs, again, that we work with, my clients don't own annuities. You know, I, I know they don't. It's like, hey, you know what they do? You ask them. And sometimes, they, you know, a client won't tell you because they bought it from their brother-in-law or they just don't think that that's something that, you know, as an RIA that, you know, would be within your purview. It's just, you know, a product that they had purchased at one point in their life. And, but when they do ask, I mean, our, our firms, you know, that we work with, they'll typically find, you know, 30% or so of their clients will come back and say, hey, yeah, I, I do own an annuity. If you can take a look at it, that'd be terrific. Um, so it's this huge market that RAAs have historically just, you know, 
turned a very cold shoulder to because, you know, as you're saying, it's been, you know, ugly in some ways, the annuity market, but it's, it's an, again, an important product, you know, academics love the product, you know, well, they've got checkered reputation. They don't among academics, academics universally love, you know, very, you know, not variable annuities, but just annuities in general, um, you know, for generating retirement income. So, but, but RIAs, and I, and I think because they haven't been able to, you know, to use them because they've been commission driven and not no load, you know, have, have shunned annuities forever. Hey, I want to take a break from this episode to talk about one of my favorite charities, the Invest in Others Charitable Foundation. Invest in Others is a nonprofit that supports and empowers financial advisors who give back to their communities with overwhelming generosity. Now in its 15th year, Invest in Others has raised and distributed millions of dollars to worthy charities that are run by or assisted by financial advisors both in the U.S. and abroad. The Invest in Others Foundation is kicking off 2021 with a restock of the shelves campaign. This past year, demand for food from nonprofits was at an all-time high. Last year, more than 50 million people experienced food insecurity. Now that the holiday season has ended, supplies at many food banks and shelters have dropped, but demand has not. To help restock the shelves, Invest in Others will award grants of up to $20,000 to nonprofits who are fighting hunger in their communities. If you work in the financial services industry and also volunteer for a 501c3 nonprofit that's in need of food items, apply for a grant from the Invest in Others Foundation on its behalf. They want to help you restock the shelves in your community this January. Applications will be accepted now through Friday, February 5th at investinothers.org forward slash grants. So if you want to put your uh, 501c3 nonprofit's name in for a grant of up to $20,000, please go to investinothers.org forward slash grants. I wanted to congratulate you on your recent capital raise. Congratulations. Big uh, news for you guys. You. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's always, you know, kind of amazing when you think about it, like that somebody gives you money, right? They're just going to give you money. I mean, you're giving up something, right? You're giving, you're giving up part of the company and, uh, and all of that. But I mean, it's an incredible honor, like for somebody to entrust you with a bunch of money. And we, you know, we raised $26 million from, you know, two terrific, you know, investment firms, Eldridge uh, and Atlas Merchant Capital, and so we're we're thrilled to to bring them on. They're going to be hugely helpful, you know, in helping grow the business, not just from the assets, but you know, from their board participation, uh, and and helping you know grow the business. But it's it's an incredible honor for somebody to entrust you with a, with a bunch of capital, and you know, based on effectively your promise to say, hey, here's what I'm going to go do. You give me you give me the money. This is what, it, this is the vision. This is what we're going to go do. And for some people say, Hey, we trust you and we believe in the vision. Uh, you know, that's tremendous. With your, your success in the last, just the last two and a half years, since you started selling your, your technology with over a thousand RIAs, what's your goal for the next two and a half years? Where do you, where do you see DPL going and with your technology platform in, in the insurance market? 
what we internally call our, our platform, it's, it's DPL and we're DPL Financial Partners, our, our tech platform, which, you know, I don't know that we've officially dubbed it in the marketplace, but, you know, people just think of it through DPL. But internally, you know, we call it DPL everywhere because that's the intention that, you know, we have the technology everywhere because it's, you know, I, I again, think it's necessary. It's, it's hugely complex technology because if you know, knowing annuities and knowing insurance, right, incredibly complex t- products, all kinds of riders, all kinds of things. We've modeled every annuity ever sold, right? So you can compare any annuity ever sold to another. You can compare them against your goals. And basically we're bringing, you know, price shopping and price comparison to market you know, for, you know, for advisors and, and clients and, and consumers. And, I, and so I think that capability really needs to be, you know, in as many places as it can be, um, you know, for the benefit of, you know, the end consumer again, because one of the things that when you put it in context, sometimes, you know, I find myself helping connect dots for people, right? So, because you, when you're really familiar with a topic, you know, people might not, you know, have the same level of, of, mm-hmm. of consideration or just haven't looked at things in the same way that you have. But when you look at the expense of a traditional commission variable annuity, and, and many people understand that they're really expensive, but let's put it in context, right? A traditional variable annuity, it costs about 140 basis points just to own the product. The M&E charge is about 140 basis points. The investment options within it are pretty expensive, you know, particularly relative today to today's indexing age. You know, about 100 basis points average expense for the investments. Then you put a rider on top of that, you know, for income or whatever. It's another 125 basis points, right? So you're up to like 365 basis points in expense on a variable annuity. Now, what does that mean, right? It's on a $200,000 policy. That's about $600 a month for life that you just signed up for. And you probably didn't do it knowingly and you probably almost certainly didn't do it price shopping, right? So from my point of view, there needs to be some transparency you know, relative to those fees. There needs to be the ability you know, for the marketplace, whether it's, you know, again, advisors, clients to be able to understand you know, the value that they're getting from the product that, that they're purchasing and, you know, linking that all the way back to your question on the technology and our, our technology helps, you know, helps you be able to do that. So I think it's really important technology. Uh, yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. And I, we've, we've been, we've written about and, and talked about other technologies and other platforms that are starting to do the same thing after basically decades of no transparency in the annuity market, the insurance market. Uh, it's like healthcare. There's no transparency in the pricing of a health healthcare. You just go and you just go and do it. You go to the doctor and you pay the bill. You don't really know yes. what, what the best price is. And um, similar with insurance, it's, it's been very opaque. Uh, you guys uh, recently partnered with uh, SSNC uh, and Black Diamond yes. on the yes. Advent Insurance Marketplace. Advent Insurance Marketplace powered by DPL. That's Can right. You talk about why, uh, why you did that and, and, and how that works. And you know, we're, we're big proponents of, of these marketplaces because we feel that they will do what you just said, help provide transparency and help enable advisors and their clients to price shop. How does the SSNC yes. Advent Insurance Marketplace differ now that it's powered by DPL? Yeah. So if it's, it's a new creation, you know, through the, you know, 
combination of, of the two firms, you know, SSNC Advent and, and DPL. So it'll be a new offering. But if you step back, you know, kind of to the, you know, to the vision of, of what we're trying to do, uh, you know, at DPL, and that is, let's create a no load commission free, low cost insurance marketplace that that that's where we start. Right. So we work with carriers to bring products to market, uh, you know, to help design, you know, products that are, you know, cons- you know, driven by consumer value. And then, you know, how do you bring them to market? You know, we do it through, you know, through the marketplace. And again, like we were talking about earlier, you know, we're trying to create a market, you know, not be the market. So we want to create this commission-free market, you know, of products available to anyone. I mean, we believe we'll execute well enough. We'll get our fair share. There's, it's a plenty big enough market. You know, we don't have to be, you know, selfish about it. Let's, let's bring product to market and let's make them available across the board. You know, only on a few products where we think we really, you know, put some, you know, intellectual capital into differentiation. Do we, you know, look for any kind of exclusivity relative to a product? But the next thing is you have to make the products accessible. And in order to be accessible, you kind of have to be, quote unquote, on platform. Right. If, if a mutual fund is not available through, you know, Charles Schwab and your Schwab advisor, you're not going to use the fund. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's extremely difficult. Right. So it's the same thing now with insurance. Let's get insurance accessible, you know, through your desktop, uh, you know, as an RIA. And so, you know, leveraging you know, our capabilities and, and the technology we've built, let's embed it into you know, different RIA platforms. And if you look at it from the platform's point of view, and I know this from my many years at Jefferson National and trying to get, you know, the Orions and Black Diamonds of the world to, you know, build insurance functionality, it's, they didn't have demand, right? I mean, their clients aren't, you know, their advisors aren't really using the products, you know, their a data feed would be enough. But as, you know, as there's more and more demand for the products, um, you know, the technology is necessary, but it's a little, you know, it's a little ahead of, you know, where the market's going to be. So our, our notion was let's build the technology and embed it into, into platforms. So we don't have to be, you know, we don't have to wait for the, you know, for the uh, demand to uprise from, you know, from the advisors for the technology companies to build it. Let's build it ourselves and get it, you know, you know, get it integrated into these platforms because, as you're saying, everybody, that's what everybody works from. And if you're going to truly make your services usable and accessible, they've got to, they've got to be integrated. And they have to be everywhere, like DPL yes. everywhere. They have to be at that the advisor's right. fingertips. Yes. Yeah. We set low goals for ourselves, right? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be everywhere. Yep. Right, but are you uh, guys exclusive with SSNC? So, or, or is that the only uh, partner you're going to have with these types of insurance marketplaces? No, uh, it's you know the the implementation we'll do will you know have you know have its you know differences and you know some you know some things that will be designed you know because we're basically enabling our technology be utilized you know, by, you know, by, you know, SSNC and, you know, through Black Diamond. So there'll be a particular implementation of it, um, you know, through them, which will be, you know, differentiated and unique. But, you know, our intention, again, is to, to make the technology accessible to RIAs, no matter what platform they use. So that's the goal. And that's what, you know, we'll, you know, anticipate continuing to roll out, you know, here in 2021. You like the Intel inside. 
you got it. And, you know, again, that, that'd be fantastic, right? If you, if you ultimately got to, you know, got to that place where you're the Intel inside. The other, the other part though, that we do is, you know, we, we combine the technology with, you know, human beings, you know, so, you know, for, again, you've, you're looking at, you know, RIAs who have historically not used these products, whether it's, you know, again, life insurance, disability, annuities, not big users, familiar with why you'd use them, right? And conceptually, like why you need them within a financial plan and the benefits they're going to bring, but not necessarily the product expert, you know, on what's a good annuity versus a poor annuity. Um, Price is obviously one thing, but you know how do some of these riders work? How does all this work? And you you need some support for that. So you know internally, you know at DPL we've got you know about forty consultants who work with the you know eleven hundred firms and growing that you know that we support. So not only do you you know do we provide you with technology, we provide you with the you know with the human support that you also need. And on top of that, many RIAs because why would they be? haven't been insurance licensed in the past um, because products were commission-based. They couldn't use them. Uh, why would you go get an insurance license? So we provide that licensing. We make it completely turnkey you know, for a firm who may not be providing insurance for their client today. They you know, join DPL tomorrow. They've got you know, complete insurance support from you know, people to technology and expertise. So you use the word turnkey um, makes me perk up. So there's a, there's, of course, we all know of turnkey asset management platforms or TAMPs. Is there a term for turnkey insurance platforms? Yes. And, and I like to keep it to that. I mean, because it's kind of a new thing, right? So, I mean, we're, we've kind of pioneered it. So some people have said, oh, you're a TIMP, you know, a turnkey insurance management <laughs> platform. It's like, well, I, I guess so. If that, if that helps you conceptualize what we do. And a TIMP and a WIMP. Don't make me a wealth. <laughs> That's right. So it's not the it's not platform. the most flattering acronym. Yeah. So yeah. I, I tend to go to you know turnkey insurance platform, um, so and and just use tip tip. But uh, then you start or a getting platform into tips for insurance in technology will be a pit. No, there you go. There's all kinds of terrible <laughs> acronyms for what we do. I guess. Well, uh, I know we um, we're running out of time. I just want to say well when. Uh, when you when I compare you to other firms, and I, I don't have to name them, but you say you're the you're the originals. How how when you see people copying your model of enabling uh, advisors who don't have insurance uh, insurance um, um, you know papers that they can't uh, they can't sell insurance that they're not rather not they're not licensed that they can sell yep. insurance through your platform and other firms are copying it. How do you see that and how do you guys stay ahead? Yeah, I think, I mean, one, I think it's good. I mean, just like at, you know, Telebank, when we were building, you know, the first internet bank in the country, you know, every, you know as we're you know, continuing to grow, people always ask, you know, do you care about this competitor, that competitor, or, you know, bank one just got into the business, are you worried? And it's like, no, because, you know, what we're doing is a very big idea, right? Taking, taking insurance from being commission driven to fee driven, like that's not going to happen by one company making that happen, right? So we want to be the instigator. We want to drive the market. We want to you know make it happen, which we do, um, you know, through our ongoing work with insurance carriers, uh, with the media. We do a lot of media events. Um, 
you know, with academics and the like to drive media understanding of, of the products. So we want to drive the market and we want to help create the market, but we by no means need to be the market. The market is, is big enough that if you're trying to own the whole thing, you know, you're only going to mess it up. So, you know, it's, it's better for more people to be in it, more people to be served. And again, the ultimate goal is let's deliver better outcomes for clients and make these products more accessible to clients because clients need them and, you know, they need them to be delivered through fiduciaries. So let's do that, you know, in as big a way as possible. And, you know, if that means other people are doing it as well. That's that's fine. You know, we're we're comfortable with our execution. We're comfortable with you know what we do and and you know where we're going. That you know we'll be a market leader, and that you know you don't worry about you know other people you know imitating or, or coming in. If you do your job, you're going to be just fine. And on that note, I'm going to wrap up this episode and and our interview. Thanks, David, so much for being here. Uh, how can advisors who want more information about DPL get in touch with you? Yeah, the best way is through the website, uh, dplfp.com, DPL Financial Partners, uh, that is, and you know, give us give us a call, uh, you know, on you know the numbers on the website, one eight 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 three two seven zero zero four nine. So, reach out. You know, again, we've got a staff of you know more than 40 agnostic consultants who can who do nothing but work with RIA firms you know to help them implement insurance you know we we're we're not just a a phone number you call if you need us we you know very actively engage with the firms we work with to help them you know understand adopt and educate you know on insurance and and help them serve uh, the needs of their clients in in a very active way that's fantastic david thanks so much for being here Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Craig. Hey, it's Craig again. That was everything I expected to be. I learned a lot about uh, DPL, what they're doing, uh, their capital raise, uh, very interesting, all their plans for that $26 million. Uh, I was really interested in David's uh, views of the industry, the trends in insurance companies, uh, how uh, insurance is 20% of many people's uh, assets, which I didn't realize are their investable assets. I didn't realize that. And I think that's definitely something advisors need to be concerned about and be uh, be mindful of. 30% of clients own annuities, and RIAs have historically ignored those. Another interesting fact. Uh, also, they're the Advent Insurance Marketplace. I'm really interested to see how that shakes out. Can it rival what Investnet has built? There's always room for another vendor, another player in the space, and Investnet has uh, staked their claim as, as the first vendor that had this in the wealth management space, at least, at least integrated something with the large platform. Uh, Advent has now done the same. So I'm uh, very interested to see how that shakes out and really like David's attitude uh, where he's bringing his company, uh, how he, how he looks at the market. Uh, it seems uh, I like people who have that kind of integrity looking forward to, uh, to delivering good products and selling the good prices to clients and helping them, helping advisors deliver uh, insurance and, and financial planning and holistic wealth management. As he said, DPL everywhere. So a reminder to go to our website, uh, EzraGroupLLC.com, 
and subscribe to our newsletter. You will not be disappointed. We're also on LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. So please remember to tune in next week for the next episode of the Wealth Tech Today podcast.